welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I talk to Jennifer Hines, an illustrator who is the talent behind the Freelance Feels podcast logo. Jennifer moved to the UK from the US a year ago and explains how having two tax years is a challenge, as well as the concept of self-overwhelm, where we create too much for ourselves to do in a working day. We chat about the difficulty in switching off when your job is also your hobby, meeting people in real life when you've connected online, and how she's coping with lockdown thanks to cooking pizza from scratch and having her two co-workers with her. That's her dogs. This episode was recorded in March 2020. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Today I am chatting with Jennifer Hines, who is an illustrator and runs ABC Typography. Hi Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for finding the time to chat. Um, I'm really chuffed that you wanted to because we have quite a lovely story about how we met and started doing some work together, which I think is a great example for freelancers, which we'll get onto. But um, can you tell us a bit more about what is your freelance? Sure, I am a freelance illustrator and lettering artist, which means I like to draw food items mostly, but also just tons of cute, whimsical things. And I like to draw puns and a lot of words and phrases. So that's why I'm called a lettering artist. And my intent when I'm drawing is I just like to make people smile. So I do a lot of things that'll invoke a little smile or giggle. Because a lot of your illustrations have like, they're kind of like maybe food with a, you put faces on things, don't you? And do like kind of quotes coming out of say a cheesecake (laughs) that might say, I don't know, I'm sweet on you and things like that. I kind of got the Exactly. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Very bright and upbeat and there's a real sort of positive energy to your illustrations I think is that intentional I expect so yeah I definitely like to keep the whimsy in all the illustrations if I can obviously I do some that are a bit more serious um, but the things that I like to share the most are the ones that invoke a little smile and how long have you been an illustrator and how long have you been freelance what brought you to being a freelance illustrator in particular letterer? I actually started in doing fine art and I did a lot of drawing and printmaking mm-hmm. and then um, but that wasn't very surprising of my my pocketbook and so I ended up doing some graphic design and illustration for textbooks so that was the job that I ended up getting which sort of led me a bit more into graphic design um, and I did a lot more of that and it's only been recently like on the side outside of my job I started doing a lot more illustration and sort of learning how to draw letters in a fun way and more accurately Mm -hmm. and so I sort of it was interesting that you know, I was doing graphic design, which was all stuff on the computer, and then I kind of came back to drawing, and so when I had the opportunity to go freelance, I wanted to focus a lot more on illustration, because that's sort of like where I started, and I just did this full circle and came back to it, so it was kind of nice to be able to focus on drawing a lot more, and um, just not, I'm, I'm on the computer still, but just not be on the computer nearly as much, and do things that are more hand-drawn rather than like typed or um, more structured like you would do on the computer. And do you use, what kind of materials do you use? Do you use like a special pad that has a, I've seen these, I mean, I I don't know much about these things, but like there's a pad with a special sort of stylus, I think like an Apple pencil or something that you can design with. Is that the kind of thing that you use? Tell us a bit more. This is very uncharted territory for me, which is why I wanted to talk to you and find out. (laughs) I definitely started on paper um, and I have some favorite pens that are just like, you know, Pilot, 
or micron type black pens and pencils. Um, obviously, you know, all the hand tools. But over the years, I did get a bit more adept at doing digital illustration. And so the I have the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil. And when you're using the Apple Pencil in the program called Procreate on the iPad Pro, it's as if I'm drawing on paper in so many ways. It feels just like it. It Sometimes styluses have a lag, so you draw a line and, you know, a second later your line shows up or it's okay. like to the left or to the right. So it's really hard to be exact on many styluses, but mm -hmm. the Apple Pencil is especially with the Procreate program, it's just perfect. I feel like I'm drawing on paper, but I have more flexibility on like brushes and sizes and I can add color really easily where if I'm drawing with like a black pen, everything is a black pen outline and I have to bring it onto the computer to add color or, you know, use markers or colored pencils. Being able to do it digitally has increased how much I can draw. Like I can draw a lot more because I can add that mm -hmm. color and those other elements quicker than if I was doing it physically and having to scan things in and clean them up on the computer. And so it's so much better. And so my work got a lot more colorful and a lot more playful. I could use textures a lot easier once I started going digital. And did that bring in more clients and a better way of working for you? Because I guess if you can produce your work quicker like that, then faster, then, then you're going to be able to take on more jobs. And what kind of clients do you have as well? Tell us a little bit about who you work with and for. Yeah, I think it allowed me to work quicker, which was super helpful, um, and also make changes a lot easier. So when the client comes back and says, you know, oh, can you change this element? You know, I used to have to, you know, I'd have to erase it out, and then I'd have to redraw it with pen and like probably combine it digitally, and that was a big hassle. So now I already have a digital file, and I can just add a new layer or turn off that layer and draw something new. So I can work in layers that you can turn things on and off. So, um, you know, if I had to remove that piece of pizza, I could just turn that piece of pizza off and then draw a new, you know, milkshake or whatever it is I have to draw. I've been very good um, at removing pizza from the box into my right? mouth lately. <laughs> yeah, we kind of miss pizza, actually. I was going to, that's yeah. on our... Uh, agenda to cook sometime in the near future and I think so people might notice that obviously you don't have a British accent where are you from originally and when did you come to the UK I'd love to know a little bit about your experience of freelancing in the UK compared sure. to freelancing in the state what brought you over here and, and when did you come over yeah so I originally grew up in Seattle Washington area mm -hmm. um, but I've lived in Chicago for many many years and had settled there and had a house there and my husband and I, we had friends who lived in London already, and we just felt like it was time to shake our lives up a little bit and have some adventure, and we thought living abroad would be really cool. And I was at the position where I wanted to leave my graphic design job and focus more on the illustrations, so I'd gotten to this point where, you know, I was really having a lot more fun and really feeding myself creatively so much more by doing my illustration than my day job which was paying the bills, but I, want, I was ready to leave. And so it kind of all came together that my husband was able to get an opportunity in London and I was ready to leave my job anyway and had been thinking of going freelance, but it's awfully hard to leave a full-time job where you know you're getting you know, yeah. a regular paycheck and benefits because in the US that's a very important and expensive thing to have medical because it's not included for free. Um, so you have to get it through a, a job. So anyway, everything just sort of converged. We thought it would be fun to have some adventure. And so the opportunity came and we just sort of took it and came over here. So I've now been over here for just over a year. And so it was kind of my excuse to go 
freelance. It's interesting being an expat just because there's so many things I didn't consider, like the fact that um, currencies are different. So I obviously have American bank accounts and that work in US dollars, and I still have some of that. But I'm getting, you know, now I have to deal with quoting in whatever currency my client. So if it's in the US, I quote dollars. And if it's in Ireland, I'm quoting euro. And if it, so it's like oh there's all these different, and my tax return has gotten a bit more confusing because I have to convert everything and the tax years are different. So the UK oh. is April to April, but the US is more the calendar year. So January to December. So like my, my yearly earnings are entirely different. And it's that, that's something I actually didn't consider. And it makes it a bit more confusing to do quotes as well as to do my record keeping. So <laughs> I think I'm just barely staying on top of that part. <laughs> that's so interesting, because one of the things I've got to ask you is, what, what, what are the challenges for you as a freelancer? And I think that's probably <laughs> that sounds like it's the tip of the pyramid of challenges of because you're trying to get work and build work with clients but then you're also trying to think about two different countries tax return systems and oh my mind is like a little blown right now but what other challenges yeah. are there as well as that huge tax return I'm gonna say debacle. Uh, there, there's definitely um a lot of issues for me at least like I never feel like I'm doing enough to either build my business or to get new business and mm. so I feel like even when I don't have client work I there's days where I'm like I'm so busy and overwhelmed but if I look at it it's like well I'm not doing client work so it's more development type work like I'm updating my website or I'm making new I'm just drawing just to draw and better my skills or I'm learning animation or you know doing these other things but I sort of plan out my day and even though no one's paying my, my wages for that day because I'm not working on client work, it's like, oh my gosh, I have such a busy day. <laughs> so I struggle with, with doing that sort of thing. Like I make myself overwhelmed by all the things I want to do or that I think need to be done at a certain time frame to, in order to grow my business. But then there'll be days where I just like, I need a break. And then I, I have to struggle with feeling guilty for taking an afternoon off to read a book or walk in the park or go to a museum or something else, even though I actually do need those things. Like I need to take a break. And when your hobby of illustration, I used to do it all my spare time. You know, I'd work 40 hours a week at my full-time job and then I'd sit down on the couch and I would draw into the evening and, you know, I was doing all these drawing and that I had to get my creative energy out. And so that was sort of a hobby at that time, but I turned it into my job. And so I struggle with separating that out. I can't draw all day, every day, and I can't be creative all day, every day. I have to have some downtime where I just do something entirely different, like watch yes. a show or read a book or take a walk. But it's like, I'm so used to spending all my spare time doing these things mm -hmm. that I struggle a little bit with stepping away occasionally and actually giving myself a true break. You're so right. That idea of overwhelming yourself you've really hit a nail on the head there for me I've never thought of it like that but yeah we like self overwhelm so it's not even you know mm -hmm. social media and client pressures and work pressures aside we put these pressures on ourselves to well am I at my desk or am I doing enough here or yeah have I updated this that or the other and reached out to enough clients lately and we need to be kinder to ourselves don't we it's hard to though isn't it yes I'm horrible at being kind to myself. <laughs> I always feel like, like I'm wasting time. There's this element of time wasting, but time should be wasted sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't have a productive every second. I think especially at the moment when we're all at home a lot of the time right now, I mean, we're chatting in um, mid-March. So anyone who listens to this later on in the year and is hopefully sitting in a pub or a cafe or something, but right now we're all pretty much homebound and yeah it's, it's hard to sort of close the computer and say right I'm just going to go and sit on the sofa now or I will walk around the block for my daily 
exercise you know rather than thinking well let me do more work then we must be thinking well I'm just at home I might as well illustrate even more it's hard to have a cutoff point isn't it yeah well and especially now that we can't connect with people you know I used to take a break by going to the pub or you know having dinner with friends or at least just hanging out or you know those elements are cut off from us right now and so now our only way to connect with people is through social media and through the internet and you know I'm finding all the news a little overwhelming on social media and even just people just trying to do stuff, you know, like, hey, there's these free classes you can take, or hey, there's this <laughs> other element you can take, and it's like, there's too much to do. It's, it's like, there's nothing to do in my life physically, but like, there's too much to do in my life, social media or totally. online. You could literally go to a seminar every hour of every day online, and you wouldn't go yep. to a seminar every hour of every day in real life, because you'd exactly. be working. So it's suddenly like, it's, it's a weird dynamic. And it reminds me of how we actually met. We connected on Instagram, I think, and then we went to um, National Freelancers Day, Ipsy's National yep. Freelancers Day. And I think I bumped into you. Tell me if I remember this right, but I think I bumped into you, and then we were like, "Hold on, weren't we chatting on Instagram?" And it's like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really great to um, connect in person. It really, and then you went on to illustrate um, the Freelance Feels podcast logo, which I yeah. love so much. My little cactus was so happy with him. I love it when I can work with people who I actually get to meet in real life because I definitely work with some clients where, you know, I've never met them or spoken to them. We just talk over email and, you know, I send them files and it's all fine. Mm -hmm. But I I love that we actually met online and then hung out at a networking event in person, got to have a G&T and enjoyed enjoyed, it. I did. Maybe, maybe you didn't with me. <laughs> no, I, def- I definitely had. I think I might have had a Prosecco, in fact. Oh, maybe you did. Either way, we had a, a beverage and enjoyed chatting. And, uh, and then, you know, then we actually got to work together. And I think that that is the benefit of meeting people. Like, I've met so many people online that I then also met in person. And I felt like I knew them already. And I think that that that's such an interesting thing that's very of the times we live in now. We talk to a lot of people online or we connect with people, but we don't actually know them. I mean, we, we know parts of them, but then when we actually do get to meet in person, it, it's like we have this history already. And that's something that never could have existed before this time in our lives with the internet. So I think that that's lovely that we can meet online, then physically meet each other in person and work together after that. And it's sort of a nice trajectory. And do you think, I mean, before before lockdown, would you often try and meet people, particularly if you had someone you were going to work with, like we met up um, in a cafe, didn't we, to talk about Mm -hmm. the brief for the Freelance Feels logo. Do you try and meet people? Is that part of being a freelance illustrator that you do love to meet up with people and talk the brief face-to-face when you can? Does that help the process? Yeah, I mean, definitely if if I have a UK person that I'm working with who is local to London, I love meeting up for coffee. Mm. I think that that's ideal because I just think that you can just have such a better relationship when you talk in person. I mean, I've worked remotely for a very long time. Even my full-time job that I used to have for five five or six years in the US, we worked remotely 100% of the time. So I was always at home. And there were some people that I worked with in other countries like India who I worked with every single day. I was talking to them on the phone and sure we do videos sometimes, but the internet was often unstable. So I didn't actually get to meet them until I'd worked with them for like three or four years. And it changed the dynamic so much when you get to meet somebody. But unfortunately in this global world, that's not always the way it works. I would say I love meeting up with people to have coffee when I can, because I think you can have such a, a more organic 
relationship and bounce off each other in very different ways and see their facial expressions. And that's something you can't do, even with video, it doesn't always work um, in the same way. So if I can meet someone I like to, but I also have to balance it with, you know, how much time is that going to take out of my schedule? And, you know, I do have a lot of clients still in the U.S. I have some regular clients and, and then I also have some people that I've worked with in other countries. So it's like, those are people, you know, I'm not going to get to meet, obviously. Yeah, I but when you tour. can, <laughs> when you can, you should, especially when you work remotely all the time, which mm. as a freelancer, you basically do. So you're kind of a, a little island, and if you can hop over to someone else's island here or there, you should, oh, <laughs> in my I opinion. That. That's such a good idea. That's a really great image. And is, it, <laughs> is, it very, is it very competitive, being an illustrator? I don't know much about that world, really. Is, is it something that you have to kind of hustle for work and reach out, in inverted commas, to people all the time, or do people approach you? How does that side of things work for you as an illustrator? I definitely think it's competitive, but some of it is... Um, you know, I've, I do find some work in like Facebook groups and Ooh. Instagram or Twitter, you know, where you can like comment, but I feel like those ones can be more difficult because you have so many people commenting mm -hmm. and there's also a lot of inconsistency with pricing. So it's not like, you know, like an illustration can run the gamut price wise. So sometimes it's about the company you're working for, what they're using it for. It's, it's a value-based pricing. So it might be if, if it's Coca-Cola and they're going to license your illustration mm. to put on commercials and like all of their packaging, that would be a lot more expensive than if I was doing a similar illustration for just like a mom and pop shop down the street that just wanted to do a flyer or something. Yeah. So same illustration, totally different uses, different companies, different budgets. So illustration isn't just about the work to do it. It's also about how someone's going to use it. So that means there's a lot of confusion <laughs> in the industry <laughs> and not everyone prices properly. And so, you know, I might say, okay, here's the price for this illustration and the license for how you want to use it. So again, like illustration plus the license for use is a different, oh. it's like two X, two costs kind of, mm. but somebody else might be like, I'll just do it for 20 quid. And somebody who's doesn't understand the industry and, or doesn't understand the pricing is always like undercutting price wise. And there's different markets in different countries as well. And so I feel like those sort of free for all, I'm going to, Hey, throwing my portfolio into the mix, love to work together. You know, a lot of times if somebody's offering to do it for 20 quid, somebody's like, Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. And so you don't get the job, those jobs, you know, you have to have a living wage and it's not worth my time to do something for 20 quid when it's going to take me all day. Then I got 20 quid for a day's worth of work, which isn't enough for me for me to live on. So there's definitely, I struggle with that a lot. So another element of illustration is licensing. So that's where a company who might uh, make greeting cards, like if you guys just gave a Mother's Day card to your to your mom on Mother's Day just that just passed, mm -hmm. um, either via mail or in person, there's an illustration on that card. And so artists like me create those illustrations and then a company who makes greeting cards would contact me or um, reach out to me and license that illustration that I made for their cards. So they're already making products and all I have to do is, you know, send them the file and, and they pay me for that. So that, that's an, a whole other element of the job that I can access income as well. Mm -hmm. And I actually just got a licensing agent who I'm, I haven't started working with. It's literally like just happening right now, but um, she had an open call for artists to join her studio and she accepted me and, and we thought it would be nice to work together. So she's going to help me 
put my artwork on products like greeting cards or notebooks or tote bags or garden flags oh or other things like that. That's and so hopefully, Yeah, it is super exciting. Whoa. So she hasn't announced it on her website yet, so I'm not going to say who it is, but oh. I don't have to spend the time doing that element. Mm. So, you know, I'm paying her to do it, but she has more contacts and she knows the industry. And so I'm basically able to use her expertise and then she sells my work and she gets paid too. So it's sort of a great little partnership to have an agent for things like that and then I can still reach out and do freelance work with clients as I would normally so it's sort of like I've got someone working in my corner now hopefully yeah. this will work out um, so I'm excited about that and to see if that'll help my income stream especially in in this day and age where a lot of contracts are being canceled or people aren't um, developing things because of virus and yes. things so yeah well I was going to sort of say you know what is it like for you at the moment and so lovely to hear that you've made that connection with, with, yeah. with that person because that's a really positive thing in, in all of the it's really scary right now isn't it you know people are cancelling projects and people are slowing down on what they're commissioning or they're sort of pressing pause on things and are you finding yeah. that there is still work available and that you're you're feeling quite positive what kind of things are you doing to keep busy for work at the moment or are you choosing to have a bit more downtime as well. I'm choosing a little more downtime. Mm. Um, it's definitely gotten quieter as far as um, new jobs being posted or things that I'm seeing out there. Yeah. But I do have like a regular client. And so, I mean, they just contacted me yesterday and I worked with them. So they're kind of always going to be in the background. They work remotely doing research. They're always, they always need things. This didn't change their business for them, mm. actually. So, um, so I'm, yeah. it's nice that I have them. But I would say for new clients, it's going to be a lot harder to find them right now, especially mm. because, you know, one of the ways you can reach new clients is to send out mailers. Like I might send a postcard or a calendar or something to Ooh. some industry contacts that I've found that I thought would be good to work with, like a magazine or an art director at a company or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm still going to send them out because I have them half ready, mm -hmm. but will anyone even get them? Because no one's in the office. Yes. I, I sort of am just moving on like normal because this will be building for the future. You know, like if they come back to the office in a month and they've got a mailer from me, then, you know, maybe they'll be developing some new projects starting then and I'll be just top of mind at least. So That's some of idea. New, That's such a great yeah. idea to be thinking ahead like that because it's sort of in the moment at the moment it's it's, kind of like, <laughs> it's a bit like what do you do you feel like you're just sort of firing yeah you're firing arrows and hoping there's a target but you don't even know where it is but yeah hold on a minute if I fire this arrow at that target that's five miles ahead on a longer trajectory you're kind of thinking well yeah they might get back to the office and be like oh right now I need I need someone to work with oh who sent me this so yeah it's good exactly to kind of sort of think about not necessarily what are you doing today and oh my god oh my god what's work what's happening with work today but think mm, hold on what might be happening with work in three months that's really really good advice actually to people I think that's really great that you shared that thank you I think it's key in illustration because you I might apply for a job and my work isn't right for that job but it might be right for a future job and mm -hmm. so staying top of mind with people and sending out mailers I could do email as well which would still reach people but I like I like sending something physical that they could put up in their office, like a calendar or something. It's a little more expensive, but I think having somebody touch it is a bit more memorable than sending an email like everyone else is. So I've steered more towards physical things, which I feel like despite the fact that people aren't around right now, 
I'm still planting seeds for the future and then I'll send another one in, you know, the end of summer or in the fall. And so again, like it'll be, it's a regular thing, not a, mm. it's developing for the future. And I think I'm doing that with some of my learning, trying to learn some animation skills to mm. add to my skill set, as well as just drawing every day and building my portfolio. Cause every single piece I draw makes me better at what I do. So updating my website. So I'm trying to do the development things and I'm not, trying to chase all those low paying jobs right now because it's not worth my time. One thing we haven't touched on, which is I was going to meet you in person so I could meet your dogs as well, but you have two dogs, don't you? And um, yeah. I just wondered how they come into your life in terms of as a freelancer, if they are good for routine and mental health, who are your dogs and, and what do they bring to your freelance life? Yeah, I love having my dogs around. And like I said, I used to work remotely. So I've had them in my office kind of for many years and they're just they're just so nice. Like, I mean, when you think about if you work in an office and you might take a little break to walk to the water cooler or go refill your tea or something like that. Well, I get to go like go pet my dog. <laughs> so I don't get to see any people, but my dogs, you know, they, they're always there. They love it when I come home and give me a great greeting. So I have a Briard who's a big sheep dog. So he's big and fluffy and sort of adorable. And then I have a Greyhound who's the exact opposite, very sleek <laughs> and slim and he's black. So he just soaks up the sun and loves laying out on my back deck. And it's just, they're just lovely to have around and be a nice diversion. And they always will give me attention and want attention. So it's just a very nice, nice little relationship. And I talk to them a lot, even though yeah, they don't talk back. They're co-workers, right? Everyone's sort of <laughs> exactly. saying at the moment that their kids and their pets are their co-workers. But it's yeah. kind of true. Like, do you draw them as well? Have you, have you done illustrations of, of the dogs? I have, I have drawn them several times. I actually do some custom pet portraits. And so Ooh. I have done, the, I've done my own dogs. I did them for my husband as a gift for Christmas that he was very, very pleased with, but I've done them for some other people as well, um, either for gifts or just to commemorate a dog in their life. And what kind of things, um, you, it'd be interesting to know, I guess we were sort of talking about future planning and everything there. What kind of things are keeping you sane and balanced with your freelance feels day to day at the moment during lockdown? Are you, have you taken up the violin or singing or, <laughs> you know, not watercolours, you probably do that already, or I don't know, um, are you baking? What, what's keeping you sane day to day right now that people might be inspired by? I tried having a routine, but I find I actually, I like having a little bit of a routine, but I have to be able to break it because there are days when I feel super creative and I just want to draw all day. And then there's days when I don't feel creative at all. And I just want to like binge watch something on TV. So I have a little bit of a routine, which I think helps, but I allow myself to break it. So I like drawing after breakfast, but then I've found that working out. So I'm trying to, I already had some videos I could watch. I was just inconsistent about watching them, <laughs> but now I'm actually doing a, a video workout every single day um, with the weekends off maybe because gotta have a break but I think that that's helping me a lot it's just nice when we're hooped up at home I can feel my body and my body's moving and I can feel my muscles I'm a little sore today from a long workout yesterday and that's nice it makes me feel alive nice. and then the cooking is the other side of that so I've been trying to try out some new recipes and um, cook things for freezers and lunches my husband and I are both home for lunch now and so you know there's more food being consumed and and so I'll bake new things and try out a recipe that I haven't tried in a long time or that's sort of a treat just to sort oh, of nice. something to look forward to like the pizza we're gonna make our own pizza probably over the weekend 
and so you know we'll make the dough and we get to like knead it and throw it around <laughs> and then put the toppings on and that's just like a fun activity so yeah. I've always found cooking together with somebody really nice but being able to plan some future recipes we're looking forward to has been nice too oh thank you so much you've, you've been full yeah. of such great advice I think people yeah. really, um, there's a lot of practical things to take away there for everybody and if they would like to see more of your work and indeed commission you where can people find you sort of online Instagram how would you like them to connect if they want to get in touch about about your work and see more about what you do sure well Instagram is always available so I am at ABC typography mm -hmm. and then I also have a website um, so you're welcome to come see even more of my work there and it is um, www.jenniferhines.design brilliant and Heinz is h-i-n-e-s that's right isn't it yep jennifer Heinz design brilliant well jennifer thank you so much for joining me i've loved chatting to you thank you so much for having me this has been super fun and i can't wait to hear it <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do take a moment to rate and review it. I would be super grateful. If you'd like to find out more about Freelance Feels, it's at freelance underscore feels on Twitter and Instagram, freelancefeels.com online, and there's now a Freelance Feels newsletter at freelancefeels.substack.com. See you again soon.